Amen and thank you. May be seated. Thank you, Ryan, for that good song leading. Thank you, ladies, for playing. Thank you, congregation, for singing. And all you folks out there online, thank you for tuning in tonight and uh, making this service already a blessing. We heard those sirens out there tonight. I got a report from Brother Neil, who is uh, catching us online right now. There's a massive accident out on 95, and that is just uh, typical. Uh, we know that it was uh, just a number of weeks ago that our pre-service preparations were interrupted on a Wednesday night by Juan Bonilla, uh, who came up over uh, the embankment and, uh, and hit that tree and died instantly. And since then, so many souls have been saved. Praise God for the souls that were saved. We're sorry that Juan had to pass away. We're sorry for these folks out on the highways and the byways and people that are taking uh, their lives uh, into, uh, into a, a kind of a state of risk, I think you would say. Uh, there's you know, millions of folks out there driving, and some of them don't know what they're doing. And uh, you, know, you, can't, you can't instruct them. Now, some of you try to instruct people on how to drive from the driver's seat of your car when you're traveling 65, 70 miles an hour. And I want you to know, no matter how frantic and vivid your hand signals may be and your expression may be, that is not going to teach people to drive any better. They're still going to drive lousy, and uh, you're still going to have to drive defensively. Everybody say amen. Drive defensively. If uh, you want to go to heaven, just get out there on the road and drive any old way. But if you want to serve the Lord uh, the full extent of what your time is supposed to be on earth, then uh, drive defensively. Buy yourself a tank. Don't get one of these little collapsible cars. I don't understand that. Say, oh, I'm doing it for the mileage. Yeah, until you die. Until you die. So you need to get yourself, you know, get, get yourself a... a Say, do you believe in hybrids? Yeah, I believe you ought to have a car that's half tank, you know, and uh, the other half battering ram or whatever, you know, some, some type of defensive uh, weaponry. All right, so now that we've got that squared away, how many of you are glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Say amen. Turn around and say hey to somebody. Good to see you all. God bless you. Power in the blood. And we're going to find out tonight just how this applies. We've sung about it. The last verse that... Ryan led us in, would you do service for Jesus, your king? That's so important. There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you live daily his praises to sing? There's wonderful power uh, in the blood. Amen and amen. Now, tonight when we get finished, we want to start thinking about how we're going to serve the Lord on the way home and tomorrow going to work or, or wherever you're going, heading out. And uh, getting back here on Saturday, right? Saturday, we've got some cleaning at 9, and then we've got visitation at 10. And we've got some door hangers, and we're going to do some soul winning. Knock some doors. Amen. And help some folks uh, go to be with the Lord when it comes their time to pass. Amen. And everywhere we go, distribute those gospel tracts. We've got a bunch of them out this week already. We're going to get a bunch more. How about you? You want to get as many tracts distributed as you possibly can. Don't. Don't miss church on Sunday, first Sunday of the month. We've got five of them in the month of October. Missions, faithfulness, service for the king. Uh, we'll have our official launching of our stewardship program for the coming year, which is Faith Promise. 
and over in abundance, giving, 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 abundant giving, as we've been teaching from 2 Corinthians tonight and in previous Wednesday evening services. So we want to want to get prepped. This is the introductory Sunday. Uh, then Sunday the 8th is the official start of our stewardship, and we will push it all during the month, concluding with our anniversary Sunday on the 29th, of October. That is the 60th anniversary of this great ministry. It's been going and has not compromised, and praise God for that. Keep it going, keep it going, keep it going. Now, on the 21st, which is a Saturday, uh, we are going to have our extravaganza for our young people, all the boys and girls up through teenage and into different uh, uh, designations of age division and going to be soul saved. They're going to be kids challenged uh, on, on God and uh, what he means to us, the God of the Bible. Don't miss it. I hope that you'll be part of that. Don't forget, November, we'll have our care and share dinner. Uh, that's going to be the Saturday prior to Thanksgiving. Invite everybody out. And then during the month of December, we want to just flood, I mean, this place, just huge crowds for Musical on the 17th Sunday morning and uh, our uh, Friday night uh, caroling and concert and cookies activity that's coming up on the 8th of December. Man, before you know it, it's going to be 2024. Whew. How did that happen? How did that? Where did we miss that? Well, we've been so busy, right? Hopefully serving Jesus and happy in the Lord. We haven't been sitting there saying, oh, another minute dragging by. Oh, another hour. Man, where does the time go? It flies when you're having fun serving the Lord. Now, in the past weeks on Wednesday night, we've been in 2 Corinthians, and we've gone through chapters 8 and 9, which are chapters that introduce faith promise. And uh, I'm glad that we've got that again. I did it a year ago. I did it out of order. We were in 1 Corinthians then, going verse by verse. And we jumped ahead and took chapters 8 and 9 and just got a little bit into chapter 10, which is where we are tonight. So would you turn with me, please, to 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, and we are in chapter number 10. And when you find it, Look up this way and smile at me with those million-dollar smiles that you have, all right? And if you haven't found it by now, just pretend you've got it, okay? All right, and smile at me. Okay, here we are in chapter 10 of 2 Corinthians. Uh, Paul uh, reminds us who's writing, the, the human scribe writing by inspiration, and it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, Now I, Paul, myself, beseech you. The word beseech is a strong word. It's an aggressive word. It means to beg. Anytime you have words in the King James Bible that begin B-E, many times they are intense. Beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. Does that seem to be a little contradictory on the surface when we just look at it and don't understand what meekness really is, that, that seems to be a contradiction. But meekness and gentleness, meekness, as you know, is uh, weakness, no, it is strength, yes, under control. 
How many of you remember me teaching that previously? All right. So when someone or something is spoken of as being meek, who is meek in the Bible? Moses, right? And our Savior and others like that. And Paul is likewise saying, I myself, I Paul myself, beseech you by the meekness, strength under control, and gentleness, fruit of the Spirit, the gentleness of Christ, who in presence am base among you, but being absent and bold toward you. Paul is saying this. There's been a question raised about the Apostle Paul's credentials. He doesn't have the letters or the references that some other uh, supposed spiritual leaders of that time would present. They would say, here are my credentials. And they would, they would, you know, somebody had written a letter of recommendation. And I'm glad for every person who is credentialed in any field of endeavor. I'm glad for anybody who has uh, had a relationship with someone long enough that's important enough to write them a letter of recommendation that has any bearing whatsoever. I'm very pleased for you if that is the case. But let me just say something. As quickly as you may achieve that, don't feel like you have arrived because the, the very people who write you letters of commendation, letters extolling your virtues, are the ones who, because they're human, tomorrow may be stabbing you in the back and attacking you. Anybody ever been there? Come on. You can grunt if you want to on that one. Mm, mm, that's right. So true. So the Apostle Paul is saying, that he is not uh, standing on the strength of man-made approval or man-offered approval. But he has something else, another resource in mind here. Uh, he, is, he is saying when he is among them, he is uh, base or he is uh, ordinary. But when he is absent, he is Bold. Now, why was that? Why do you suppose that was? Was it because Paul was afraid? I don't think Paul was afraid of anything on two legs. I don't think he was. I don't think he feared anything. And uh, maybe you have arrived at that position also. Uh, we ought to fear God. Amen? Come on now. We ought to fear the Lord and uh, not man. The fear of man bringeth the snare. But we ought to fear God. God has built into us a capacity to have holy fear, awe, and respect for Him. And Paul was of that nature. He, he knew who God was, and he knew that he himself, Paul, was not God, and that he didn't live in the same neighborhood with Him. He understood that. A lot of folks have to come to that realization the hard way. You run smack into that reality, and after you do that several times, and you get a little bruised up, you say, wait a minute, <laughs> I see it now. I'm not God, all right? He's God, I'm not. Amen. So he is, he is writing as an ambassador of Jesus Christ, and he is writing with boldness, though he himself is not trying to, to build up some kind of fear that they would have in him. Uh, he's not full of himself, and he doesn't want them to fear him. I've taught all my Timothys through the years, uh, not to be manipulated, uh, not, not to be uh, maneuvered and uh, you know, moved around because that is not the way that we want to be motivated. We want to be motivated 
by the love of Christ. We want to be directed by the Holy Spirit. We don't want to do what we do because we fear man. There are some ministries, unfortunately, that may be right in doctrine. They've got the right position. But listen, they got the wrong disposition. And the wrong disposition is, uh, I've, I've got to... If I've got to do this or the preacher's going to kill me. Uh, I'm thinking about one, uh, one preacher that was a friend and a mentor of mine and he was under the uh, direction, the leadership of a very strong personality and another preacher and he worked as his assistant. And uh, he said, man, uh, that, and he named that person, he said, that man of God, he said, he's the only man I feared more than God. He said, uh, he would... He would threaten people. He would cajole people. Uh, he would guilt trip people. He would tell uh, people um, that uh, you know they're going to lose their journey's mercies if they didn't show up and do it on certain occasion in a certain way. That's not the way to get the work of God done. The way to get the work of God done, here it is. Be motivated from the heart. Be led of the Spirit. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. That's it. Uh, the pastor should be exerting example, influence, uh, loving leadership. He should be the under-shepherd, under the great shepherd. And uh, so Paul is saying, I wasn't trying to be tough with you when I was present with you, but when I write, I write bold because I, I am the representative, the ambassador of Jesus Christ. All right, moving on. And, but I beseech you, there's that word again, that I may not be bold when I am present with that confidence wherewith I think to be bold against some which think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. So you, you understand, I've already explained the meaning behind this passage, so you understand what he's saying. He's saying, when I come to you, I, I am not going to try to uh, mobilize you through fleshly means, external means. For though we walk in the flesh, now that's not the flesh nature, but in a flesh and blood body. Everybody got a, got a corporeal body, all right? So it's a flesh and blood body. Got bone and flesh and blood and sinews. And uh, how many of you woke up today and yours was sore? <laughs> My hand up. Yeah, that's a good sign. People are always complaining about how this aches or that hurts or whatever. And my response is not uncaring, but pretty logical, I think, and pretty spiritual. And my response is this. We're supposed to feel that way. And by the way, in the true time, more and more as we get older, because we got more experience at it, right? That's what it is. Age. Age is just a number, but don't bring it up, okay? All right, so there you go. All right, so we're going to feel those things. And we're not unsympathetic, but that's proof that we are in a physical body. And Paul is saying he's walking around in a physical body. But he's making a very clear statement in verse number 3. Now, this all fits into the discussion about support for and the sending and the maintaining of missionaries on the field. Uh, he's saying this, we do not war after the flesh. Brother Gabe, you, you've seen it on the mission field. The, the, the devil's activity is more graphic on the foreign mission field. Absolutely. 
And uh, the devil's, I'll say this, the devil's activity through his horde of demons is very active even in independent fundamental Baptist churches. You'll get somebody that can quote the Bible, nothing wrong with that. They quote the Bible, but they don't live it. They quote the Bible, but their attitude stinks, and they want to make sure that their elite group maintains, their clique maintains control of that church body. And uh, so they don't, they don't want anybody new coming in. I've seen it in action. I have seen what the devil does in a situation where there's been kind of clique ownership for a long time in a local independent Baptist church, and all of a sudden they start to have lots of folks get saved and come in, and they start to grow in grace, and pretty soon those people who were absolutely lost, hell-bound sinners, now are saved, their life's transformed, and they're starting to grow and glow, and, uh, and those folks who are the establishment, all right, they, they treat, they're kind of like, um, they're kind of like the, uh, the, the, the range uh, owners, and uh, they're worried about squatters coming in. There's, that, there's a possessiveness. And, and so they begin to use worldly talk and worldly behavior uh, in a situation like that where they're concerned about no longer having control. May God spare us from such fleshly behavior. We're walking in the flesh, but our weapons, our weapons against the world, the flesh, and the devil are not fleshly weapons. They're not carnal weapons. For the weapons of our warfare, and make no mistake, this business of serving the Lord, no matter where you are, you're in the army of the Lord. You have been enlisted. <laughs> you say, I don't recall being enlisted when, when you said yes to the Lord. That was the first day of basic training. That was it. And you started out, and now we're serving the Lord. And praise God, we've got the opportunity, and that we've got, all that we need in Ephesians chapter 6. Put on the whole armor of God, Ephesians chapter 5. Be filled with the Spirit, amen. Uh, we need to have a transformed uh, life and mind, a renewed mind, according to Romans chapter 12. Those are all realities of this uh, warfare in which we find ourselves. It was obvious to me in recent days, we are at war, not you and me to, against each other, but the world, the flesh, and the devil are coming against any group of believers, any local church that decides to mean business for God. So you better mean business for God because much better than uh, being out there in the middle of the battlefield and not know what you're doing. All right, so the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, what are those strongholds? Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and having a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Father, fill me now with the Spirit. How we thank you and praise you for this wonderful opportunity to serve you. And Lord, we don't want to do it out of duty alone. We, we do understand what we owe you, and we can never repay you, but we thank you for the privilege of serving in the army of the Lord and uh, being part of
being on the victory side. Help us now, Lord, we pray tonight. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right. So, uh, everything you do, young people, adults, everything you did today, everything you did yesterday, uh, we lived out, acted out. I mean, we didn't just dream it. There were, you know, five, six, eight hours of dreaming last night. But other than that, when you were conscious and you were up and about breathing and, and being part of this everyday world, there were words, deeds, actions, interactions, relationships, uh, some ordinary, everyday kind of stuff. You said, well, you know, I mean, you could check that off and not a big deal. Maybe it became a bigger deal. But then there was some drama. There's always going to be some drama, be from the young or the old or both or whatever. There's some drama in what goes on in your life, your actions, interactions, and so forth, and all that. Now, let me say this. If you were to number every, every little episode, word, deeds, actions, etc., one through a thousand in a day, every one of them is lived out in our flesh and blood body. But every one of them have spiritual dynamics behind them. Listen to what I'm saying. You and I are comprised of spirit, soul, and body. You say, really? Yes. Hold your spot right there in 2 Corinthians and go with me, please, to 1 Thessalonians, just over a few pages, all right, to your right. All right, 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians and chapter number 5 and verse 23. Paul is writing to the church at Thessalonica, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. Now, sanctifying means to cleanse and set apart for service. And he says, in, holy, in other words, entirely. And I pray God your whole, here it is, put a one, spirit, and two, soul, and three, body, be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. All right, so we've got one, two, three. We are a little trinity. One, two, three. Spirit, that's the part that's God conscious. You pray, God speaks to you. Uh, you understand what I'm talking about. The soul is the personality. Uh, everybody's got one. And uh, you are who you are uniquely. You're, you have soulishness. And you possess a body, a physical body. Now, every bit of us needs to be surrendered to the control of the Holy Spirit in our spirit. And the battle is going to be won on the spiritual level. Now, let's suppose that you're not filled with the Spirit. Let's suppose that you don't put on the whole armor of God consciously. What's going to happen? The battle is on the spiritual level. Now, like I'm saying, those thousand episodes in your life today, those were all lived out in a flesh and blood and bone body. But behind every one of those was a spiritual challenge. And that's why we memorize Scripture. And that's why we surrender to God in every area, every venue of our life. And that's why we are filled with the Spirit, because we're going to approach every challenge, every, every misunderstanding, every difficulty, every single one of them. We breathe a prayer. We turn it over to God. Boy, we've been seeing God move and work in our lives. And just turning it over to him and watching him, it is wonderful. 
It doesn't mean that there, there aren't some struggles. It doesn't mean there aren't some challenges. Uh, I mean, the devil's going to throw everything but the kitchen sink at you. But we are filled with the Spirit. We put on the whole armor of God. Uh, we, we yield body, uh, spirit, soul, mind, everything to the Lord. And that's the way we approach everything. I, I belong to you, Lord, from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. Every part of me, all of my influence, everything, all my decisions, all my relationships, I belong to you. Lord, use me. Spoke with Brother Jerry Horning. God bless you, Brother Jerry, if you're tuning in. Brother Jerry Horning is uh, now a counselor at a uh, recovery ministry. And uh, he's found his niche, and he's very thankful. But I was talking to him this week, and I said, I remember such and so. I pulled out your CD that's got, use me, Lord, use me on it. It's the name of the CD. He said, oh, yeah, it's been a long time. I said, well... He's, he is. He's what? He's using us. He's using you. Amen. Amen. Lord, use me. That's our prayer. That's our heart's desire. Lord, use us. Man, I don't want to wear out, burn out, rust out without a purpose. I want the Lord to use us. So there it is. So we are, we are in a flesh and blood uh, warfare. But behind everything is a spiritual consideration, a spiritual dynamic. So for everything, we need to yield to God. We need to surrender to Him. Do we always see the result right now? No. We, in fact, I would say more often than not, we rarely or less often see the result right now. But we do have the assurance, don't we? When we line up with God, His Word, and His Spirit... You have, and I have something, same thing you got when you got saved. That's called assurance. And when we're serving Him by the, by the, same, by the same relationship on the spiritual plane, we get assurance. And so let's say we talk to somebody or we deal with somebody or we're dealing with a situation. We don't always see the result that we want to see right then. And it's, it's like a kid, an immature kid that throws down his ball a glove and says, well, if that's the way it's going to be, I'm just going to take my ball and go home. And you can't do that as a mature believer. You've got to say, Lord, I'm going to leave it with you in your time, in your way. Because when it's in His time, in His way, then God gets that greater glory and we learn and we grow in grace. And that's what it's all about. Now, Paul is saying, you know, this whole business of sending and maintaining missionaries requires our prayer, our support, our being on the same page with the Lord. And that's true. We as a church will be blessed. And on something that you don't even think is connected, like you're praying for someone that's sick, someone that's trying to get through a disease or sickness or a condition, uh, or uh, in uh, trying to heal a relationship, when we line up with the Lord on this business of the Great Commission, the thing that's nearest to God, the salvation of lost souls, redemption through the blood of Jesus Christ. When we line up on that worldwide, why, everything seems to fall in place. And it seems to work. All things work together for good to them to love God, to them that are the called according to His purpose. We see, we see that happening. 
and we see people getting uh, relief or getting healed or having grace to, to, to go on to be with the Lord. Sometimes the healing is that way. But it's, it's because we've gotten on the same page and collectively, when, when we as a corporate body begin to support missions with prayer and giving, extraordinary giving, trusting Him, faith promise giving, when we see that happen, we get our thinking and our believing and our living all lined up with God. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're spiritual. That's it. Mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. The strongholds are those castles or uh, fortresses that are built up in our human mind by the devil. Now, Satan can graphically display his, uh, his power, his violence, uh, his destruction. And he does so very vividly on the mission field, but also in independent Baptist churches, as we've mentioned, he will do graphic things. He'll, he'll, he'll pit one person against another for unspiritual reasons. And people will get their feelings hurt really for a whole lot less than we ought to get our feelings hurt. Our feelings ought to be hurt. I'll tell you when our feelings ought to be hurt. When we look past and don't see a lost soul and don't give them a tract. We, we ought to be hurt by that. But if a man, I'm going to go back and find that person. And you do. You go back and you find that person. There they are. And you get to witness. And, and, and God gives you a reprieve on that. But our feelings shouldn't get hurt when somebody else who's out of sorts and not right with God wants to rub you the wrong way. That rubbing should be uh, with a, a greater good in mind and not, not just, uh, well, they rubbed me the wrong way. I'm, gonna rub them. I'm not going to speak to them. They don't speak to me. Gets awful quiet. Amen. Amen. So what do we do? The stronghold that Satan does, he speaks in your ear and he, he puts doubt. Uh, he tried to put doubt in our Savior. If Satan could introduce doubt to the God-man Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter 4 and Luke chapter 4, which Jesus in the wilderness, having fasted, was tempted 40 days, he answered with Scripture, his Bible, book of Deuteronomy, answered the devil directly, and the devil had to leave him. The angels came and ministered to Jesus. That was good. That was a model of how we had to deal with the devil. The devil most often, even though he has some, some violence about him, with Christians, usually he introduces doubt into our human mind. Makes you sad or depressed or doubt the Lord. You know what I'm saying. Feel a little blue, you know, one of those Mondays, you know, one of those blue days, yeah. And the uh, devil will say, see, nobody cares. Nobody really cares. And if God really loved you, you wouldn't feel this way. All those kinds of things. We have all been on the receiving end of the liar's lies. And he says those things. And when we recognize, the first second we recognize that it's the devil, we ought to say, it's you, Satan. Now be careful who you're with when you say these words out loud. Because when you say, it's you, Satan, 
and you're there with your co-worker, they think you're calling them the devil. But uh, when the devil says something to you in your mind, in your human mind, you acknowledge it, you call him on it, and you say, I claim the blood of Jesus Christ. I, na I name the name of Jesus Christ, that name which is above every name, at which every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he's Lord of lords, King of kings. Amen. And, and you claim that, and you, and you cast the presence of, of that demon out of, out of your sight, out of your presence, and gone, gone, gone. And what we have to do is dismantle what's been built up block by block in our minds. Sometimes over years, people have something. Maybe as a child, they were, they were spoken down to, demeaned, mistreated, uh, told they weren't worth anything, told, you know, things like uh, horrible things like, I wish you hadn't been born, things like that. Horrible things. People have to, have to grow up hearing things like that. When the truth of the matter is, the truth is every person is created in God's image. Every person is valuable to God. Every person is born with a purpose on this planet. Amen. Amen. And so you have to keep repeating that. And uh, in our, in our uh, recovery ministry, we have uh, introduced... Th those affirmations that are scriptural affirmations. And it really works because it's the Word of God. It's powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. So when, when the devil says, it doesn't do any, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you tithe and give your offering over and above the tithe because it's just that little bit out of all of that that's needed. You know, $100,000 on missions and you're going to give a few dollars, and the devil says, that's nothing. But that 100,000 is made up of each one of the 100,000. And here's the way God looks at it. God's economics are totally different. God doesn't care what the amount is, as long as we're not lying to the Holy Ghost. But he doesn't care what the, that, that amount may seem small to you. But the widow cast in two mites, which is less than nothing. It's all she had. The way God looks at it was she gave it all. And when you give from a, a, a generous heart, a liberal gift, liberal meaning generous, um, and you are a hilarious giver, cheerful giver, well, God looks at that totally different. And he says, you know what? I'm the one that took five loaves and two fishes and fed 5,000 plus. And I'm going to take your two mites and I'm going to support missionaries all over the world. And that's what he does. It's like the loaves and the fishes. I cannot explain it, but I'm here with my hand on the Bible to say it's true. God's not broke. He has no problem sending and supporting missionaries through the people who are willing to not listen to the lies of the devil when he says, that's nothing. Saturday morning comes and you say, boy, I don't feel so good. And the devil says, you don't look so good. You look like you're getting sick. Don't you kind of feel like you're getting sick, sick? And that's the devil. You don't need to go out on visitation because they're just going to hang door hangers and talk to a few folks and pass out a few tracts. Ah, uh, 
But out there behind one of those doors is a lost soul that's going to come to Jesus. And the collective group, the corporate body going out on visitation, soul winning, makes a difference. And God sees that and looks down and blesses that and says, keep on going. God looks down on the church that brings in kids, buses in people, brings them in, brings them in, invites in folks from, you know, the other side of the track, so to speak. And he says, you know, those people don't have anything in their wallets or their pants pockets to put in the offering plate, but I'm going to send in some business people. I'm going to send in some folks that are successful in business, and they're going to support that bus ministry and that, that outreach ministry, that church. And God says, I've got my churches. I've got my independent, fundamental, Bible-believing Baptist churches that are scattered. They're not many, but they're out there and they're scattered. And I'm going to put my hand of blessing on that church. And don't you know that God wouldn't dare let that church go out of existence because that church has the right heart. And if you as a Christian have the right heart and you have the right desire to be obedient, next time the devil crawls up on your shoulder and says, you know, it doesn't matter if you go on visitation or not. It doesn't matter if you go to church or not. It doesn't matter. Why? It's just, it's not going to make any difference in the world. Every one of us makes a difference. Every one of us is part of the whole that God wants to bless. Casting down imagination, every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Right now, Outside these four walls, there's all kinds of people and they're messed up in their thinking. And, and they might at the very most seek some secular counsel. Won't do them any good. It might, it might delay the inevitable, but it won't do them any good. The only solution is to be found in Jesus Christ. If you're going to get yourself a counselor, get a Christian counselor. Get somebody who's a Bible believer. But what we need to do is to address the enemy without fear. Remember, greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Remember, resist him steadfast in the faith. Remember, uh, you know, submit to God, resist the devil, and he shall flee from you. Praise God for the directives we get from the word of God that are so clear. I'm helping you right now to claim something that Jesus Christ has already purchased 2,000 years ago on an old rugged cross when he shed every drop of blood on purpose for you and for me. That blood is powerful. But we must claim it. We must accept and claim it for salvation, yes, for victory every single day. We have the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody on your nerves, somebody rubbing you the wrong way, somebody treating you wrong, instead of responding in the flesh with the weapons of the flesh, you go right back to the source and employing the whole armor of God and employing the fullness of the Spirit. You address the devil and say, I know it's you, Satan, and I know what you're trying to do, and you're trying to demean and, and you're trying to put me out of the game and on the bench, out of service, and I'm not going to, in the name of Jesus Christ and the power of His blood, be gone, Satan, be gone from me. You have no authority. You have no jurisdiction. When He shows up at your door, and He's knocking on your door, tell you what you do. Don't open the screen door. Don't let Him in.
Here's what you do. You just go to the Word of God. Get on your knees. Open that Bible up. And you call on Jesus. And Jesus will come take the intruder away. That's what I believe with all of my heart. Amen. Have a readiness, it says here in verse number 6. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes, please? Every head bowed, every eye closed. And how many of you tonight would say, I understand better about pulling down strongholds in my mind. Slip your hand up. I understand better. Amen. How many of you are going to say with me as I raise my hand, next time I get depressed, I'm feeling down. Next time I'm having those thoughts come in, I'll know where they're coming from. And I am going to rebuke the devil in the name of Jesus, the power of his blood. Come on, put your hands up high. Yes, amen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? If you're not sure you're saved, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Would you pray from your heart right now? Dear God, I admit that I'm a sinner. I deserve to pay for my sins. I believe Jesus died to save me. Right now I receive the Lord Jesus Christ into my heart as my personal Savior. Please take away my sins and take me to heaven when I die. Now if you prayed that prayer and you meant it, would you slip your hand up right now so I can see it? I prayed that prayer and I meant it. All right. We're going to take our hymnals. Christ is all you need tonight. Yes. Amen. Thank